You know, it wasn't more than four weeks ago that the prime minister reshuffled his cabinet. The most surprising selection for minister was Kono Taro. And I'd like to delve into a little bit about what he's doing. He's really, he's really rocking the boat. He's doing a lot of very interesting, innovative things. A lot of throwbacks from when the DPJ was really in power. They tried a lot of innovative things too. Looks like a couple of throwbacks there. Michael, what do you think about Kono Taro? I'm amazed at what he's doing this week. He opened what he calls the review process, where he, there's a bunch of bureaucrats who come in and have to sit at a table in, in, with him and a few of his advisors, and they have to explain their programs. It's an open fish tank. And, it's, and there we, we are seeing exactly the same kind of thing that was run by the DPJ when it came into power, first of all. It called, they called it the GRU process, where they would drag bureaucrats out of their their towers and out of their, it their had fortresses. It people with pitchforks pounding. They were loving it. I oh. mean, that was one of the best things that they brought into the table. And here, it's not only that they've re, re, basically reenacting the, the, the item, but that the subject matter is largely right. the same. Uh, the issues that were dealt with this time, or at least these last few days, we saw supercomputing come up again and governments supporting the supercomputer projects that don't build any supercomputers. Right. Were, and more importantly, what we thought that Konotaro had to put aside, which was his strong opposition to Japan's nuclear power program, right. has suddenly, he's found a way to get it back on he's, the table. Yes, he has been all over the place. You met him in Okinawa last week, didn't you? I had did. An I not only met him, but I had probably a 12 or 13 minute one-on-one -on -one interview with him. Terrific. And I was very impressed by him. One, I was really struck at his ability uh, to communicate so well as a globalist. He, mm -hmm. he, he really has a, a wide lens out on the world. And of course, he studied in the U.S. He worked with Richard Shelby, the Alabama senator. Mm -hmm. uh, he's had a number of really smart interns work with him. We talked about education and the need to have global English taught in the schools. I came away pretty amazed uh, by uh, his command of so many issues. So it doesn't surprise me that he's got this sort mm -hmm. of big data because we were at the Cyber 3 Okinawa conference is where we met, and he was one of the last keynote speakers. And I sensed that there was kind of a buzz around the energy that mm -hmm. he has. I'd like to see a lot more of that, but I just appreciated that he, he had a way of making you feel as an equal with right. him. Cyber and 3 is a cybersecurity conference that was held right. in Okinawa. That's right, and two, William Saito, who is sort of the lead on this, uh, that was two days in Okinawa. It's sort of the the Davos of the World Economic right. Forum on this area of cybersecurity, cyber connection, and cyber crime, and it was it was really outstanding, especially to be in Okinawa, which is often sort of seen in terms of conflict and strife, and yet you had these these VIP types showing up, and of course it's a beautiful location, but we were there to really learn from each other, and I was just a member of the press, so I wasn't a speaking participant, mm -hmm. but I did, I was able to interview him as a, as a member of the press. That's so, terrific. Yeah. You know, um, Konotaro is a fourth generation politician. Uh, he is now Minister of Regulatory Reform, which was a long time ago, you might recall, it was the third arrow. Mm -hmm. Yes, 
That's um, right. But we should say, you went to school with him. Yes, indeed. He went to Georgetown. And I'm so sorry I didn't bring that up, because <laughs> I didn't know until I told you that I had the That's interview right. with him. Yeah, you yes. we were classmates. <laughs> we were, oh, no, we weren't classmates. He was in the undergraduate program. I was in the uh, the graduate school program. He's a little younger than Timothy. That's oh. right. He's, he's considerably younger than, <laughs> than Langley. Sorry. But, but I met him through his father, who was the Speaker of the House. Right. Um, and uh, he, he comes from a very astute political heritage. Um, it's about time he's a Minister of State. Yes. Well, the thing is that what's really astonishing is that he is using this review process based on his state minister position as the state minister of administrative reform mm. to do the things on nuclear power that we thought that he had abandoned. He, when yes. he took on the ministerial position, he, he, he scrubbed his blog because mm. it was pounding away at the Abe administration mm. for its support of nuclear power, and suddenly mm -hmm. he was a minister. Mm -hmm. And he, we thought, oh, he's just gonna sell out. But well, you would think, you would think, I mean, there's a, there's a give and a take here. You will be minister, but I want you to keep your mouth shut on those issues, you know, pull the line with the rest of the team. And the Abe administration, one of the, the most distinguishing features is the cohesion that it has. Yeah, and this is, this is very interesting that, that uh, Konotara has been allowed to if he has been allowed, whether he whether he's going rogue or not is really a question. Uh, but it looks good for Abe too, doesn't no, it? Because does. it's yes. sort of like Obama choosing Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. for Secretary of State. That had a real wow factor, and to have someone who was pounding you online, and then yeah, when you come on board, you do compromise. I mean, we compromise yeah. every day, right? So yeah, but in smart. this case, in this case, it seems like there's been compromise, and then there's been this switch back over right. because mm -hmm. what he's been fighting against is the plutonium cycle here in mm -hmm. Japan, which mm -hmm. is something that Japan invested into the trillions of dollars level. The Monju reactor. The Monju reactor, the Rokasho reprocessing, the entire fuel cycle. And the Monju reactor is what he's targeting now, which is a fast breeder reactor, which would, if it could work, uh, produces, produces more fuel than it consumes. Right. But it doesn't work. And it hasn't, it had a, it sprung a leak 20 years ago and has not been restarted. And he's saying, can we stop this? Right. Can we just walk away from this thing? Yeah. And he's asking the members of Waste, the director. fraud, and abuse. Yes. And he, right. uh, he's also looking at the ship that is used currently or is infrequently to ship the waste, waste. of Japan to reprocessing in the UK and France and bring it back. It has made four, four trips. trips, four trips in all these years. And the last time it, took, it sailed was six years ago. It cost $12 million a year just to maintain it. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, give up Stop. already. <laughs> Stop this. We don't need these things. Now, mm -hmm. some of the, the attacks that he's going, he's, he's, he's attacked the supercomputers, he's attacked uh, funding, to revitalize hamlets. Uh, he's got all kinds of things. One of the things that I actually have a, a personal problem with is he's, he's fighting the clams of uh, Tokyo Bay. Oh, you're talking about Pooh in the Bay? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the, hmm. One of the neat things that has happened in the past decades is that the Tokyo Bay has gone from what was called the Sea of Death. Right, wow. and many of the rivers too that have- that It was just as bad in the 1970s right. as 
the coast of China is today. Oh right. my. And, it, and vast improvement. Incredible improvement. And one of the major contributors to it are, are clams. Right. Mm. The, well, there are two different species, Shijimi and Asadi, uh, that uh, they filter the water and it has had real effects in terms of, of cleaning up the bay. And you can go out and you can see down to the bottom. Wow. The right. sea life has returned. It's a marvelous thing. And every once in a while, they allow the public out there and they're collecting the, the shells as well. That's right. right? And it's, they're edible. They're, they're not, everything's great. And now, one of the dreams of the 2020 Olympics is to have the triathlon within the city limits. Mm -hmm. Right? And that would mean that there's the one place that they could go in the water is Odaiba. Right. All right. And, and if you've ever been to Odaiba, you'll, you'll notice that when they, they say, please don't go in the water. Ah, right. yeah. They have a nice beach there. They right. Have, they have the, the, the nets for the volleyball, but they ask you, please don't go in the water. It looks well, like you can go in the water. Yeah, it looks like you can go in the water. And recently, they say, there's, the warning has been weakened to saying, well, if you want to try, we're not going to stop you. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> anyway, they there's a, a project to try to see if if they just put a whole bunch of clams there, that it will clarify the water enough so that it will meet international standards for the competition. Right. Now, the minister doesn't quite buy that, does it? He doesn't buy it. He right. think, he calls it the uh, the the toilet budget, and it it, it yes, it's it looks frivolous, but actually, if if you've been in I don't know if, if you like the bay as much as I do. What has happened so far? If you're, it's been really fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if it can make the difference and it can make the dime schedule for the the Olympics, it'll be the only thing maybe that does. I tell uh, you, the goats worked very effectively right? in Southern California. To uh, they, as civil servants, you didn't have to pay them benefits. They worked overtime. They would bah, a little bit, <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, they, they do a lot of work here in Japan, too, in uh, a lot of inaccessible areas. They uh, eat the underbrush, anything that's within reach. Go to Thomas City. You go mm -hmm. to Thomas City Center. You, go, you drive right outside of the station, and there are these goats right. right there. So his opposition has to do with he doesn't think it'll work. He just yeah. doesn't oh, have no, anything he, against right. plans. Yeah, we have, it hasn't come up yet what he thinks mm -hmm. is wrong with it. But anyway, in, in the broader sense, he's targeting government waste yeah, and government. Like and it. that is really contrary to the entire idea of we're trying to stimulate the economy, we're going to try all kinds of different things. Well, it is a signal, perhaps, maybe, that, uh, that the government is taking a little bit of a turn. So, for example, in his ministry, the regulatory reform and allowing things, for example, um, uh, small jets, small jet airplanes or seaplanes being able to, to land in Japan, you oh, know, the aviation industry. The aviation industry is probably something we should get into, and maybe we will in a few minutes. That would be great. But, but what's really interesting, I think, is that the government is playing two different games here. It's promising all kinds of stuff to all kinds of constituencies mm -hmm. in order to prepare for its election campaign in 2016. Right. At the same time, it's trying to basically take away from the DPJ it's issues, right. which gets back mm. to the identity question. Mm -hmm. If the LDP is not only the party for everybody, but for every issue and mm -hmm. for every approach to the issue, that means that the DPJ is sunk. Right. So that's a little bit of window dressing because clearly they're not going to be able to actually get all of this 
uh, taken care of, but they can say, we own it all. So the DPJ just doesn't have an agenda because we we're covering it all. But right. when you cover it all, it weakens it too. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you can only, even the three arrows, <laughs> there's so much talk about how the third arrow really hasn't worked. I mean, the first two did. Right. So that's only three there. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're big arrows. Well, but <laughs> he kind of decided to go to three new arrows, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. <laughs> Let's he just create did. three new ones. Well, I think the LDP learned a, a, a very very serious lesson um, when it was out of power, mm. and it will never uh, suffer that one again. So mm -hmm. it is in power. It'll probably stay in power because, I mean, look at the dynamics that it is practicing now. It looks solid, and it yeah. looks, looks like it's going to be here for the long haul. And I think it all comes back to strategic communication. Mm -hmm. They really nailed that. Yes. Yeah.